Welcome back everybody. It's been a minute since you've heard from me. I don't think I've posted on this channel in about a year. Uh, I've been up to some similar stuff, still working on Vade a lot. Some great progress has been made with that. Uh, but unfortunately the goal of putting that on the channel as I did it, I, I had to really focus on working rather than publicizing it. Uh, still in school, still at UNC. And uh, it's actually a new, a new little side project I've been working on with Max. It's uh, they're these hangover pills. We'll talk more about them later. They've got this cool chemical called uh, dihydromyricin, but that's relevant right now. Uh, I have Max Alway Townsend with me. Yeah, I'm Max. I uh, ran a startup <laughs> in high school, um, raised some money for it. Um, now I run an Angelus syndicate investment firm, so I invest in early stage startups, seed series A, and done about 10 deals in the last... Uh, Eight months, and that's awesome stuff. And he he'll like have a or like organize a group of investors that will all invest in the early stage rounds of different companies. And you've you've invested in a lot of cool companies as well. Yeah, I'm super excited about a lot of them. Um, don't be fooled. Max is actually pretty young, younger than me. Um, but he's yeah. oh yeah, this is a podcast, by the way. I don't think I explained that. Uh, so I wanted to. I've been messing around with the idea of putting a podcast up here one way or another, just kind of following what I'm interested in, like stuff I'm following anyway, like startups, crypto stuff, just general business stuff. Um, and I kind of never got around to it until now. And uh, in terms of structure and everything, I don't really have a name for it yet. There are some names that I'm thinking of and I, I figured it, it would show the casual side of it pretty well if I went into it without a name. Um, so would love your feedback on what a good name here would be. What we're working with so far is uh, New Frontier wave watching, whale watch, and moving average. Not in love with any of those names. I don't really know if I'll find a name I'm in love with, but let me know what you think. Maybe a different one, maybe one of those. Um, in terms of, I mean, I imagine it's only going to be about 15, 20 minutes. I, Max will probably be a guest most of the time, but I'll, you know, like Hope so. bring random people here. And the whole point is just to kind of talk about cool stuff going on in the last week and have some thoughts about it. So we're going to start with startups. I don't know if we'll always start with startups, uh, but just because Max has a specialized background in startups, I think that's a good place to start. And there's been a lot of cool stuff going on in the startup world. Um, we use, or the primary thing I've been using for picking out what to talk about is Strictly VC, if you haven't heard of it. Cool email newsletter. Is that what it's called? Newsletter? Yeah, that like they'll just send you uh, in your email all the recent fundings or activities by VCs or startups. It's pretty cool stuff. Good way to stay up to date in the industry. Um, and actually the first one we're talking about rather than just like funding rounds is kind of a whole industry. So there's, with new media in general, there's been a big increase in VC funding in media companies. Uh, the two we have picked out uh, is the kind of anomalies in terms of taking a lot of money are BuzzFeed and Vice. BuzzFeed raised $500 million total and Vice has raised $1.4 billion. Uh, and then the other side of the spectrum would be like Axios and Medium with 30 million in funding and 130 million in funding total. So there have kind of been different tiers of level of funding and I think it was a Twitter thread that I was reading this on, but there was this whole discussion going on of if in the media sphere that there is even the possibility of a VC return off of a $1.4 billion investment, because what, they'd need like 10x the return, so at least like 14 billion of just their investment, which is what, 20, 30% of the company. Oh yeah. So like, yeah, could Vice feasibly be over. a fifty billion dollar company? Yeah. And I would argue that, like Axios and Medium are are probably at the tip of what's feasible in terms of a VC return. I don't think media like isn't possible to have a good return. Like, if you invest 
30 million axios i bet you can get a great 10x 10 15x return but like with buzzfeed buzzfeed's a great example because buzzfeed's terrible uh they raised half a billion dollars that they'd have to be what a 10 15 billion dollar company to be a meaningful return for their investors and buzzfeed being like a 15 20 billion i mean yeah yeah and i I think there's a little bit of distinction because like seed early stage investors are always looking for you know the 10 to a thousand x returns and i mean you know vice and buzzfeed have probably accomplished those returns for the early stage investors right now oh, that's but like yeah. later stage investors who are investing like a hundred million dollars um like softbank does or something like that into these rounds aren't really expecting for the a thousand x because that's almost impossible so i mean they're looking at yeah. a little bit smaller returns but still, I, I do agree with you that, uh, and specifically talking about the recent layoffs, you know, BuzzFeed was in the news for that, laying off a lot of employees. I didn't know that. Vice as well. Oh, oh wow. last week. That's, that's probably uh, what sparked that I thought that's what okay, we were okay, talking okay. about. No, that makes a ton no, of sense. So, so they actually, <laughs> yeah, both companies actually did that's why uh, talking about pretty that big layoffs last week. And, and so that's why the debate's been going on. Can they make money? Can they produce enough revenue? I know Refinery29 is also another pretty big media startup uh, based in New York, raised $125 million. Last year, they laid off uh, 10% of their workforce. Um, that's you think that's like automation, right or now. do you think that's... Because when I see like Tesla with their layoffs, I keep thinking like they went with Model 3 production, they went from very heavily automated production to incorporating human workers a lot. And I feel like layoffs could just be a return to automation, but then... I see like my number one rep at Tesla. His name's Ben. He's a great guy. He uh, he was uh, he like the blue Model S I reviewed on on this channel a while ago was his. He he hooked that up. But like like he was he was the best best interaction I've had with any Tesla employee. And like it's just it seems a very uh, disconnected company uh, in terms of who's yeah. making those decisions and what they're doing. Yeah, but I still I still think the media is a lot different and relies on uh, they're they're having trouble finding ways to make money. Right, um, right. You see, medium, mediums raised 130 million. Um, you know, there's they, they released a way to make money last year. Medium's a popular startup blog people post on. They released like last year, I think, a premium uh, version of medium that you pay for, and that's how they make money. And I'm well, not you, sure like, how successful. Ads, yeah, and you have access to premium content, and I'm not Table. sure. Wow. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm not sure how successful that is. And a lot of people are saying now, like, if you're not the New York Times, if you're not the Wall Street Journal, or if you, if you're not, uh, you know, TV-based uh, news station, you're not going to be able to make enough money in this day and age. Yeah, because it's you're you're boiling it down to visitors on a web page, and that's just that doesn't have the lucrativeness that traditional. That's interesting. Well, it'll be interesting going forward. We'll keep you updated. <laughs> um, next in startups, there's some IPO talks. Pinterest, which I've actually never used Pinterest. It's huge. It's, and everyone uses it's massive, it. massive, yeah. Yeah. Or Visco. Never use Visco either. Both good. Both yeah. Good yeah. <laughs> Pinterest is, uh, they've raised $1.5 billion total. And they're in talks of an IPO with, I think they have Goldman underwriting it later this year. Um, and their last private valuation, so the last time they took an investment, was $12 billion. So I actually don't know how it typically translates to an IPO, like 15 or 20 or something? Or would they stay around that range? I, I haven't heard too much about 
what the underwriters are saying. I mean, mm-hmm. it's usually higher. It is. Like Uber's, yeah. Uber's looking at like seventy-two billion. I think to go out <laughs> at. And isn't Lyft gonna beat Uber to IPO? I read something about that. I was like, they're just trying to get there first. <laughs> I'm not sure. It, it's really cool. There's a lot of um, startups getting ready to IPO, which is is super exciting for venture capitalists because it's a ton of of liquidity it's a ton of money back in the investors hands it's a ton of money back in the hands of early stage employees that you know usually become angel investors so it's it's really exciting i know pinterest um uh slack is i think they just filed today is is what i just read um a a confidential note yeah airbnb is looking at it uber and lyft are both looking at it so it's an exciting time a lot of money could be flowing back in the community within the next two years speaking of employee options in relation to ipos uh palantir is in rumored at least to ipo this year and recently their internal employee options uh were like revisited or revalued i guess uh putting palantir at a 11 billion dollar Valuation. Um, Palantir is pretty cool. I know almost nothing about Palantir other than the fact that no one knows anything about Palantir. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the 11 billion valuation is significant because um, most people were talking about Palantir being valued between like 20, 30 billion, I think. So yeah, that's what I thought I read. Coming out talking about 11 billion is pretty significant because. Uh, it's surprising. I mean, it's just confusing because people thought it was worth a lot more. It could just be like some type of, like, once it gets in the market, then it's the public determining what the price is. Yeah, so Pal- Palantir, be, I, th- I think, is thinking about IPO. could just be underdogging it, so then it gets boosted up. I- I've thought a lot about that. Like, if you were going to IPO a company, would you rather put the price above what it is and then hope that it still settles above what it really is worth, or would you go lower? Like, after the first couple of days of trading, or...? Like right away, like would you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the, in those first couple of days, it would stabilize. Um, like, what's the best way to set yourself? I mean, up right? I don't know. If you're if you're founders and if you're in the company, you want, I think, you want to go for the highest valuation you can get people to pay for. Because right. the thing about it, on day one, most of the people in that company are liquidating. Oh yeah, and those and those initial purchases are just funding to the company. But any secondary market stuff is like just between. Well, you, well, the secondaries are always before, but the the public, the IPO valuation you're going to get is the best valuation you'll probably ever see. Right. So most people, the founders, are selling a lot of shares on right. the second yeah. it's yeah. open. Yeah. And you make a lot of money off that, generally. Um, also, something I think is significant talking about the IPOs and kind of the startup market is the rise of direct listings. Spotify did it last year. Isn't, yeah, isn't Slack doing that this year? Um, they're thinking about it, and I think a lot of startups cool. are now thinking about it. It's a lot cheaper. You don't need an underwriter. And I think it's specifically working for these brands because they're consumer focused and extremely well known. Like when Spotify did it, yeah. you know, people everybody knows Spotify. They don't need so an they, wanna, they, they don't they don't need promotion. They don't need people selling investment bankers selling their shares. Um, so you know, Airbnb could easily do that. Uber could easily do that. Slack, I'm Slack and maybe Lyft could easily do it. I so, like that model. I mean like banks are legacy institutions and Bitcoin's taking over the world. So <laughs> I'm a huge Bitcoin advocate now, by the way. Yeah. I got I got really into like crypto in general, and we'll talk more about crypto, but specifically Bitcoin and financial markets and, and that system side, I've gotten very, very into. And it's cool stuff. I, I really actually believe in Bitcoin, but I'm also self-aware that it's kind of a joke to be like, oh, go Bitcoin. It's going to grow. It's going to explode. No, it's probably going to go down in price for a little bit. Nobody's saying it's going to go up. All the, all the guys on Twitter, 
that I like really know what they're talking about, whether it's like a technical analysis guy or like like Pomp, who's more qualitative, but also uses a lot of indicators. Um, everyone's like, no, nah, it's gonna get so much worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So big rounds, and we finish startups. Yeah. yeah okay. So for I mean for this one at least we there's some really big rounds in the last I mean there's kind of always big rounds going around um but like six figure or six figure nine figure 100 1 million 2 million 100 million 100 million or more in terms of funding there's a lot going on with some with some cool brands the first is uh Acorns which is that app that allows you uh like when you're making a purchase it'll round it up to the next dollar and then invest that spare change they raised 105 million dollars in series E funding that's a lot of money Anything on Acorns? I've never used it. Oh, well, I mean, I think it's just significant because it's just, uh, there's been a huge rise in products that make it easier for people to invest. Our last couple of years, Robinhood, right. super easy to invest. Acorns, a lot of other savings apps like Acorns, investing your spare change or making it easier for you to save money. I think it's really cool. Even at the seed stage now, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, early stage companies, especially in developing countries and Chile, other parts of South America, um, in, in countries in Africa and Southeast Asia, uh, making it easier for people to invest as those countries become more mobile first yeah. um, and have more oh, access to in technology. India. I did a whole project on India's like, their their smartphone saturation and their populations are Sky, really Skyrocket. just yeah yeah so actually there's a company called grow a seed stage company that's launched in india and uh make it really easy for people to invest you know tight end making it easy giving yeah. hedge fund access to the a public titan. super cool stuff like that and acorn is one of the leaders along with robin hood fintech man fintech's a cool industry yeah cool i guess even yeah an industry i guess is yeah yeah, yeah. um Hims raised a hundred million dollars at a billion dollar valuation. I actually don't know that much about Hims, but you know a lot about Hims, right? Yeah, pretty much. It's just kind of a men's health and wellness company. They're kind of expanding into a lot more products now. I think they started with sexual wellness. So like, well, oh, are they the the in the ship like regular? Are they, are they the ED company that are like yeah. get your ED? Drugs I'm not delivered? sure if they started with that, but. I get a lot of those ads. I don't know if that's like targeting or something. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they, they've gotten big with that and they're able, they're expanding into a lot more products right now. So really exciting. It came out of Atomic VC, an awesome, unique firm. They actually incubate all their companies instead right, of investing in them. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Atomic. They're one of the pioneer funds in that style, proved that it could be a successful model of venture capital and now a lot of other people are following so it's very cool which is it's there i mean there's some similarities there to like black combinator right yeah like black combinator always does those follow-on investments to their stars um, yeah no uh, atomic is awesome and you know i i just love when people are unique and uh add new styles to venture capital of course um clutter which they help you like get stuff at, like move out I think in New York it's just a temporary storage on demand oh, wow I was way off of that they're Somewhere. raising 2 to 250 200 to 250 million dollars from SoftBank which is why I'm mentioning it cuz I think SoftBank whenever they make a move they uh I don't know if you've seen billions that's to the viewers I know you haven't seen billions but you should uh it's cool to see in that show they they give a really unique perspective on macro moves in, in markets. I mean, it's a hedge fund guy, and it's all fake, of course, but um, 
they give that idea of like if you're you're when you're making an investment, you're not just giving a company money or something. Like you're actually impacting uh, a larger system of players interacting in an industry. And the reason I like SoftBank so much, other than Mahayoshi Sun being just a total beast, is that when they come in, like they just invested in Park Jockey, and that's a uh, another parking technology company. They invested a billion dollars into them, literally, so they could just buy a bunch of parking lots, like these huge parking lot companies, and then use that technology to generate more revenue. So like when SoftBank makes an investment, it's almost like a whole new level of strategic investment, where they're like, we're gonna give you so much money, you can move a mountain, and then change the industry with that. I think that stuff's cool. I like SoftBank. Yeah, yeah, they're dope. Um, Clutter, kind of similar to what I was talking about, Acorn, kind of just showing a burst in that industry. There's a lot of on-demand storage companies that have been popping up marketplaces. I know some early stage ones, one specifically in New York that's pretty cool. Uh, Verto, I think that's how you say it, but just... You know, the original another was like one eight hundred storage, injury. right? Those like well, yeah, but this, this, is, this is the the you know technology wave yeah. making it ten times better, bringing it online. Put it on it. <laughs> um, Stripe raised another hundred million. Their valuation is now at twenty two billion. I think this was just a follow on investment, like an additional investment on their last round. Um, I don't actually have something too specific to say about Stripe, but I think it was Square that when Square their valuation has like almost doubled in the last year. And that happens to coincide with Square incorporating Bitcoin in some way. I mean, of course, their valuation actually increasing is because of growth and, and value as a company. However, it did happen to line up with when they incorporated Bitcoin, and now they're worth twice as much. Bitcoin. It's the future. Just uh, ICO, like, kicked it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm really bullish on Stripe. I think they're... They're awesome, so, going to grow a lot bigger. They have so many other They're the, like when industries. you're on any website and you have to log into a bank, that's Stripe, right? Um, I, no, I, I think that might be Plaid. Stripe oh, is, Plaid. You're right, Stripe you're right. is just the, uh, essentially when you pay for something on most websites, you're probably using Stripe. Like that stuff is awesome. you just enter your card information. That like, they're literally just, they build up like Stripe, um, Plaid. And even Square that like you don't even notice. Yeah, and there there are company billion dollar companies that we built that are one hundred percent dependent on them, that are only yeah. possible because of what they achieved. We're yeah. just chilling there. Like yeah, oh, it's we, we don't need people to know our name. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll just be worse. So Stripe isn't even extremely saturated internationally. Um, they have so much more room to grow in that, and they also just have so many little niches in the fintech industry that they can go into and just basically control automatically. So I'm extremely bullish on them. I think they'll 4x the valuation easily. In like a year? Or? Uh, not in a year, but uh, I, I <laughs> Maybe think... Maybe if they start using Bitcoin. Maybe not 4x, double. 3x probably. Because based I'd on say. Square, incorporating Bitcoin and doubling, if Stripe did it... If, Stripe probably also already <laughs> also has some crypto and blockchain. Um, I, I, I think they actually were accepting it for a little bit, but then they disabled it for some reason. I don't know if they brought it back, but... It's probably still too volatile to be used too often as a medium of exchange, but... It's getting there. I mean, right now it's going pretty sideways, but that's not necessarily a good sign. All right, so on crypto, I'll probably talk mostly about this. I'm super into crypto. So Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates launched a cryptocurrency between the two of them. It's called the ABER, the ABER, A-B-E-R. Uh, and it's for the sole purpose of making remittances between the two countries easier, which 
all of blockchain and like Bitcoin, if you're advertising it as a global currency, one of its biggest advantages is that if, if the United States has to pay Russia for something, or that's a terrible example, but if two <laughs> countries have to pay each other for something, right now that's extremely hard to do. You have to have exchange rates settled upon and then you have to actually give them the money. There's a lot in the process. Where that was a terrible explanation, but with blockchain and Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies made for this, it's a lot easier to send the money. It's instant. It's there's no fees associated with it. You don't really need to worry about exchange rates because it's a currency in itself. So it makes that entire realm a lot simpler. Um, but it also, so they get to sell it and be like, all right, we created this cryptocurrency for the use, the single use case of remittances between these two countries. But it also happens to be. Uh, invulnerable to sanctions imposed by forces like the United States. The United States couldn't go and shut down the ABER because it's a cryptocurrency. It's not, it's not within the realm of control of the United States. So that's a huge traction on their part. And I think this is going to be started like some dominoes. And as different countries adopt crypto, they're going to be like, oh, this is, a, this is good stuff. And Putin, he was even Putin, Putin, Putin. He was even talking about crypto at one point. Well, not specifically, but he was referencing something like it. Crypto's cool. Uh, and then lastly, in the crypto realm, is Facebook. So if you have heard of Facebook research, I'm sure you have, it's been all over the internet in the last week. Facebook research was an app where they would pay users and like gift cards to get all of their data. Rather than just like some of the data, they would just get all of it. And they were very clear about what data they're collecting. It was very, it was a whole like specific onboarding process. So they weren't like secretly doing anything. Um, but this is interesting because with blockchain and crypto as a whole, one of the big things that people are advertising about it is that it allow you to monitor and control your data and who has access to your data. So you could give permission to certain companies uh, to uh, give permission to access your data that you have on a blockchain. Um, and that way you can control and monetize the monetization of your data by other companies. And the reason I find this very interesting is that not only was Facebook doing this like controlled trial of paying people to get full access to their data, but they're also considering launching a cryptocurrency themselves for use on their platforms, which would be instantly the largest reaching currency or financial services company in the world if they did that. But if they paired those two things, then suddenly you have the king of data, the king of personal data that's selling your data, launching a cryptocurrency that could potentially actually build a system where you do have more control over your data. So I wouldn't count yeah. Facebook fully out. Well, no, I know they've been they've been building a decent sized blockchain team. Um, very secretive, no idea what they're doing, but they have a lot of people on a blockchain team at Facebook. Do you have any issue with them paying for that data? Uh, no. I mean, I think that's like the 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 separation there's the onboarding is because they were all they were very clear. Um, here, move this couch forward. They were very clear about what data they were collecting. And I think because of that, it's perfectly fine. It was an exchange of data for money and gift cards. And that's yeah. completely fair and fine. At a large mass scale, though, the existing system is the terms, like terms and conditions, which you're never going to read through. So how that's going to scale, that onboarding, to being able to really understand what your data is, who's going to use it, and what they're going to sell it for, uh, that'll be an interesting future. But I do think, honestly, that's, that's kind of what Facebook's inching towards. And they could. They could could uh, save themselves a little bit in the next five years or so. All right, so done with crypto, onto business, and these are, we'll probably go through pretty quickly with these. So still on Facebook, they're combining Messenger, WhatsApp, and Instagram, at least like the back end of those messaging services, um, with end-to-end -end encryption that's currently on WhatsApp, but across all the platforms. Interesting 
moves, I guess. You know, like Facebook, the platform itself is, has like no growth now because they've saturated the whole world. Um, <laughs> but they're trying to further monetize the users they do have and on their other platforms that are way more successful than Facebook is now. Anyway, I saw something about like Facebook inflating their user growth, which I think is interesting. But as a company, if you're reporting your user growth in your Facebook, you do own Instagram and WhatsApp. So in some ways, I guess you can inflate. I don't know. But yeah, Facebook's doing that. A lot of Facebook stuff. Yeah. I, I really like how Facebook like, just constantly creates new products and, and iterates. And I mean, a lot fail. Like, I think they tried to do a dating thing kind of recently. And really? They've, they've done, they've, <laughs> they've tried pretty much everything. They've Facebook released dating. a lot of products. And yeah, they, they, they were <laughs> going to try to go against Tinder. I don't know if they released it yet or if it just failed quickly. But Does Match own um, Tinder or is Tinder still independent? Match owns Tinder. Huh. Um, do they own Bumble? Sponsored by Tinder and Bumble. Wait. Wait. Match, does Match own Tinder? They might not own all out. They definitely have a stake. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, sorry, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm not 100% certain that Match owns Tinder. But, uh... I don't know. I think it's really cool. Even if this Messenger, WhatsApp, Instagram combo doesn't work out, it's awesome that they're a really large scale company constantly iterating and doing these new products because a lot and of companies on privacy. a lot of companies just don't don't do it. I don't know if they're great at privacy, but at least they're iterating. <laughs> they're trying. Yeah. Um, and the last two points, pretty quick. The mobile industry has been pretty interesting recently. Uh, obviously, Apple reported some poorer performance than expected in Q4, also lowered their expectations for Q1. Interesting to see what Apple does, because similar to Facebook, they, their iPhone has kind of saturated the whole world. Like there's not, other than China, there's really not many markets for them to penetrate. They can't really further penetrate most of the markets they're in. So where they're gonna move from that, I don't doubt Apple in the slightest, but where they'll go is interesting. Um, Huawei, the Chinese phone manufacturer, now has sites to be the biggest phone manufacturer with Apple's recent decline or slight decline, um, which I think is interesting because anything with Huawei, like there's a, there's a government rule. Where, did you tell me this? There's like a government rule where you can't use a Huawei phone in a United States government facility because China has backdoors in all of their stuff that you literally can't use a Huawei phone in a United States like government building. That's crazy. So like, you know, they should probably do something about that. China's crazy, dude. 10 second like face identification of anyone in the population or everyone. That's crazy. And then lastly, on the phone note, Energizer's making a phone. I imagine you guys saw this. Uh, foldable screen, 18,000 milliamp hour battery. That's like five times a regular phone. Energizer. And then, la <laughs> and then lastly, Amazon. Um, this is just literally a financial uh, breakdown. They're, they released their numbers for 2018. They had three billion in profit in 2018 compared to 1.8 billion 2017. Uh, their AWS, which the internet runs on, their, that revenue increased 45% from 2017 to 2018. That's seven and a half billion dollars of revenue for AWS. Uh, but they also lowered expectations for Q1 2019. I would never begin to doubt Amazon, but it's interesting that they lowered expectations yeah. there. AWS revenue is just gonna keep growing. The internet's still growing. It's, um, what, was that last year when like AWS went down and like every website didn't work for like three hours? Yeah, Netflix, everybody. Imagine. That's crazy. So, AWS revenue is going to keep growing. I, I will not doubt Amazon. They just keep innovating, keep growing, keep yeah, doing I mean, amazing Bezos stuff. Bezos has that long-term vision. Automated stores, automated delivery. Are you team Bezos or Musk? I don't think 
think you have to be a team on this. Yes, you do. Pick a Whoa. side. Pick a side. Your team Bezos over Musk? Of course. Absolutely. Bezos is the man. Nobody's a, He's the man. He's literally ten times more successful than Musk, just out of face value. Yeah, but also just Musk like... Musk is so cool. He's like one of the coolest guys on the planet. He, I mean, he's also like insane. And yeah, like... That's... You, we just... Unstable. Like there's... You can be... Although... Okay. Here I am hyping up Bezos. He had some recent negative press with his wife. Or ex-wife, I suppose. Um, but I don't know. I feel, I feel like Musk is more of a moonshot guy, and Bezos is more of a kind of like moonshots. I'm gonna build. But you can't bet it. Elon will say what he's gonna do, and no one in the world will believe him, and then he will do it. Yeah, that's one of the the. Well, like Elon gets insane. all the hype for SpaceX, but Bezos did Blue Origin first, and like maybe not as good, but he did it first. Um, that's it for the unnamed podcast. Need your feedback on, one, the name, two, the length. I don't know. I might cut out a part or two, but I feel like this is pretty long. Um, it's probably 25 or 30. I do like longer because, like, the more it's, it's, it's a bunch of cool stuff. We're not focusing too much on any individual topics, but let me know. if Like, I'm thinking this is something you could just, like, casually listen to, so it doesn't really maybe, – maybe longer is better. Let me know about that. Structure-wise, like, topics we cover, things we talk about. Um, I didn't want this to be like a news reporting podcast, which is why you don't see like articles popping up on the screen or like we're not too heavy in like the statistics or this person said this and this person said this. Um, let me know if you guys like that. Maybe if you want it more article centric, could do that. Uh, I also don't want to link articles in the description. That was tough. Um, yeah, but that's it. Help me out with a name. Uh, good to be back. Probably have another one up next week or so. It's a weekly thing. Not with a specific day, but it's a weekly thing. Uh, yeah, cool. Thanks for watching. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>